What's going on, world? And welcome back to the Pursuit of the Good Life podcast, where we talk about how to enhance your career and enhance those relationships. I'm your host, the Cameron Lovelace, joined as always by the lovely Dr. Sarah Benson. Sarah, what's going on? Uh, I'm in a great mood today, Cam. You want to know why I'm in a great mood today? Why are you in a great mood today? I'm in a great mood because we have a special guest with us. We who's sure really do. My life. Go ahead. <laughs> Yes, go ahead and introduce your, your, your guest for the day. So I have and why she's so special. <laughs> One of my very bestest friends in the whole wide world. Uh, we have been friends since we were seven years old. Um, and I'm excited to have her on because she is an amazing, just all-around person and amazing therapist today. And so, world, welcome to one of our faithful listeners, one of my very faithful friends, uh, Miss Alex. Alex. I don't know if I want to call you Alex. I'm so, it's so weird. Okay. Sidebar. So I call her something completely different. Oh, and so that. I'm going to use her official name today. Hi, Alex. How Hi. are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. I'm glad to finally be on the show. You know, like I said, or like you said, definitely a faithful listener. On my way to work, I'm listening to y'all laughing agreeing with Cameron the whole nine. <laughs> not, not that you got to agree with me and not Sarah. <laughs> I thought you agree said with you on some, agree with you on some like clinician type things. If that oh, makes of course. sense. Of yes. Course, of course. Not Very agreeing good. with you on the, am I tripping? There's some, am I tripping? That I was like, Sarah's like, no. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna have to get a, I'm gonna have to get a mail the next time we come on I'm here <laughs> see if I'm if I'm tripping or not. But um, but yes, we are so happy to have you on the show. Um, as you as she alluded, she is a licensed therapist. She is she is out here in these streets. Um, yeah, making big girl moves, making big girl moves and healing the people. Um, yes. But so but so let's 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 dive straight in. Um, so what made you want to be a ther- No, I'm sorry. I always, I'm sorry, I always start off with this question is, what is your version of the good life? When we talk about, you know, that good life, because, you know, if you ask me, I'm going to say, you know, big house, wife, dog, kids, that was my, Amer- the American dream was my version of the quote unquote good life. And now that it's evolving, you ask Sarah, that's going to be more about, if I remember correctly, Sarah, you said about, you know, more meaningful relationships, you know, the people that are around you loving, supporting. So everybody has a different version. So what, what was the good life for you? And have, are you, are you, have you achieved it or on the way to achieving it? Has it changed? I think it's definitely changed. I'll say in the beginning it was, okay, I got to get my master's degree. I have to be fully licensed and pass on the first, you know, time trying and I need to have six figures. And I just had this full dream of what the good life looks like, but I mean, how life is currently, I'm like, the good life for me is just finding peace Mm. in a world of chaos. So am I finding that? Yes. It's it's taken a long time to get there, but I'm there and I'm loving it. So yeah, my my good life is just having peace. People who bring peace to your life and do not drain you. Um, So I'm, I'm, I'm at good life now it's like you know if we could go ahead and get a vacation yes i I would be (laughs) i would be there look we uh i had a conversation with my wife about that very thing 
and she was like, I need a vacation. Like, I like this is hard. Um, I don't know if you've been keeping up, but you know, she's been in the grind mode this summer about taking classes, getting ready for PT school and all that. Good. She's like, look, I need a vacation. I just need to go somewhere and just relax. So I'm definitely with you on that piece. But let me ask you this. What, um, what made you want to go into therapy? Cause you know, everybody that is in therapy, I think has a similar story, but I don't want to assume, but what, <laughs> what, what, what's your version? Well, my version is very simple. At first, um, I, you know, graduating from high school, I went to a predominantly black school and the, everybody was on the same track as far as something in the health, in the medical health field. And I took classes, realized, oh, this is not, I don't want to do this. And so really, I just jumped in. I went to college and I was like, okay, I'm going to just major in psychology. And um, after kind of seeing some of the classes you have to take, the stats, uh, I was just like, oh, no, I can't do this. So the funny thing is, I was actually talking to my mother on the phone, and I'm passing this girl who I guess is on the phone with her parent. And she says, oh, my God, Mom, they have a family life education, marriage and family program here. I think I'm going to do that. And as soon as I heard that come out of her mouth, I said, Mom, I got to go back. I got to this is what I'm going to do. Um, so it really just happened in that way. And I'm so blessed for that girl. I don't know who she is. Never found her again. Um, but of course, you know, there has some, some history to it as well. Uh, my dad is from West Africa and, uh, my mother's black, um, blackity, blackity, black. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> Um, there's just a lot of family dynamics that didn't mesh and I was like, okay, I need to help. I need to help some people in my community because this, this is not really working too well. I need to maybe be, be able to sit down and speak to some Ghanaian people because we're not, we're not doing things right. Mm -hmm. And I just jumped in and never looked back. Mm. So was it so was it a long road? How long did it take you to to get like wh- if you would say like when you started to when you finished, like when would you say like you made that shift to say, you know, I'm a I'm gonna become a whole therapist out here? And then how long it did it was, take you? It was definitely probably like my second semester is when I changed to that particular major. Um after I took my marriage class. I knew I was like, this man is on to something. I'm learning about dynamics. I'm learning how to communicate. And so I would say I probably, I probably knew in like 2000, the end of 2010, maybe Mm -hmm. our midpoint. And I graduated in 2013 and I completed my master's in 2016. And the marathon continues. And the marathon continues. Here we are four years later. Wow. Does it feel like four Does it feel like it's been four years? Not at all. You know, I was just talking to my one of my closest friends in grad school yesterday, and she was like, God, like, does it seem like we've been out that long? And I'm like, not really, but we really have, you know. And I guess, you know, like you're saying, as far as becoming licensed, that takes a while um and 
So I literally did not become fully licensed until until 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a very long journey, a lot of tears, a lot of finding out who I really am as a clinician and personally. Um, But I have no regrets. I have no regrets. I know at the beginning, like when I would tell people, I never forget, I was um, getting my hair done, maybe for the first time, moving to Texas. Mm -hmm. And this lady says, oh, well, you know, what's your, you know, what are you doing? Why are you in Texas? And I said, oh, you know, I'm getting my master's in marriage and family therapy. And she was like, oh, I'm a therapist. I'm sorry. You're going to be broke for some time. And I looked at her and I was like, no, you're going to be broke. I'm (laughs) do you know how much I pay for these student loans? Like, no, I'm not going to be broke. Don't, don't claim that over my life. Um, now, I'm not going to lie to y'all. That woman was telling me the truth for the beginning. You know, after I sat down and spoke with my supervisor, he was like, yeah, you probably have to, you're not really going to get to see the fruit of your labor, labor until maybe five years. So just make sure you have a supportive team that's there, spouse, partner, whatever, because you're probably not going to be like, ooh, I can breathe. I can sit back until that five-year mark. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Sarah, you want to jump in? I don't know. If that's going to have a question. So for the people who are not familiar with the whole, like, licensure part of this. So, like, you graduate. So you went to school. You graduated. And... Can you tell us about that journey? So, like, what is this whole licensure piece? Because a lot of people think I can just go get my master's and I'm done. Like, I'm a therapist. Like, what is that, like, journey? And how has that been for you? So, uh, definitely the LMFT journey is a little bit longer. Um, as far as just how the practicum piece, like, you have to do an extra semester. Um, and then basically you either have, we have comprehensive exams. So you graduate, you get close to graduation, you take the comprehensive exam. You really have to sweat it out because you, I think I waited maybe three to four weeks for my results. Um, so then obviously you graduate, you have to fill out tons of paperwork proving, you know, that the classes that you took really cover the requirements. Um, Then you go and you take your exam. And that is a very grueling process in the state of Texas. I can't speak for everybody. All I know is, you know, a lot of our professors kind of warned us because they're, they're both licensed professional counselors and some of them are uh, LMFT. So they're like, hey, this, they're, you're going to notice a little difference with this. Um, as far as the, L, the LPCs here, they get their results as soon as they complete. I had to sweat it. When I say sweat it out, like I had to wait a month because what they do, they make it so complicated. What I had to do is um, basically take the exam, wait a month, sorry, um, and that just killed me. Like I, I had to go to my own therapy. Um, I moved back home with my mother to kind of wait. And my mom was like, look, if you don't get these results or we don't hear nothing, like, I think I'm gonna have to knock you out for the whole month. Cause I can't, I can't keep hearing. Like I was having dreams. 
And then there was a dream that I had and it was like I passed. And so I just kind of chilled after that. I was like, okay, maybe God is telling me something. But the crazy part about kind of doubting yourself is when I passed my comprehensive exam, which was, like I said, really stressful, um, I didn't believe them because they sent us an email, right? And so I was like, no, that can't be right. Let me let me go up there. So I talked. <laughs> I went up there. I spoke to you know, one of our um, professors, and he was like, no, Alex, like, here, here's your results, you really did pass, like, you can go take the exam, um, and I was like, no, that, that just can't be right, Dr. Crit, like, that test was hard, like, I, I don't even know how it passed, and he literally pulled it out, and he was like, Alex, you got the second highest score, like, we're gonna need you to rest, go take your exam, because the LMFT here, we can actually take um, our exam before we graduate. As long as you've passed the comprehensive exam, you can go. So that was my goal in my mind, right? I'm like, okay, pass that. I'm, I'm before I cross this stage, I'm gonna have my little life. I'm gonna be taking my exam at least. And so that's what I did. But it was just, I don't know how they make us sweat like that. I don't know if we're supposed to be learning how to control our own anxiety. But it was definitely a hard time to have to wait. And I asked them, like, why do we have to wait a whole month for these results? And they said, well, because we always change up things. We really calculate everybody's scores that took that, that exam during the month that you did, and we create an average. So that's why you guys have to wait. So that was my journey. Um, I won't say it was all bad. Uh, definitely in grad school, I learned a lot. I enjoyed it. Um, I was really lucky to have two professors, um, Dr. Linda Metcalf, and she was in charge of our London Study Abroad pro um, program, where we kind of learned more about narrative therapy and how that works and solution-focused therapy with actual, like, gurus, right? Um, and then the and then the other study abroad trip that really changed my life was going to Australia um, and just learning more about sexuality and um, drug use and you know just spiders. different things. Yeah. <laughs> and spiders. And spiders. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that you can think of. Um, so it was really great and I, like I said, it was, it's hard. I literally have looked at old memories on Facebook of me studying, like, why did I do this? But it was worth it. It was definitely worth it. But it's a long, long journey, for sure. Gotcha. So let me let me ask you this, <clears throat> because I'm not I'm not a licensed marriage and family therapist, nor do I specialize in marriage and families. But I'm, I am curious as to one, what your typical clients would walk in talking about before COVID <laughs> and then now, not only in COVID, but in this, you know, resurgence of racism and this climate. I am curious, like, what are what those conversations, what they did look like and then, like, what they look like now? Because I don't want to just assume you're just talking about people uh, getting a divorce all day and people who got, you know, deep. Like my dad left when I was five years old and, you know, he, he came back, he tried to come back in my life and I'm like, nah. So like, <laughs> so like what, so what, which, which ones, uh, which ones kind of stick out? Tell me. Well, let's see, before COVID, it was more so 
you know, how do we communicate? A lot of infidelity, a lot of childhood trauma, uh, sexual abuse within the family. How do I move past that? Um, a lot of, a lot of teenagers, you know, like, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. And I'm like, where are we, where are we getting, like, this is a theme. Wow. Who told you this? Like, where's that's, the, where's the evidence? That's you know, my favorite like, question. Where's the evidence? Let, let's lay it out, you know, and it, they would be like straight A students. And I'm like, well, how, why are we setting the bar so high? But then I learned with where I was working, you know, that high school was huge. So, I mean, like the graduating class is over a thousand people. So mm-hmm. now I understand, okay, like when you say, oh, I got to get to top 10, I see why you're sweating because, you know, this is what's happening. Um, I guess, Cameron, what I need to kind of let you in on too is um, I, I moved to the Houston area and worked in the woodlands from Dallas and now I've mm-hmm. moved back. So before I moved, I was actually working with first responders, veterans, the whole nine. That was the mm-hmm. only population I was working with. So the themes change, you know. Them, them um, veterans are special, indeed. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, I war stories, you name it, I probably have heard it. Um, mm-hmm. Now with COVID and the climate of what's going on, it's been more like, okay, how do I function right now? Like, there's just too much going on. First, you know, with COVID happening, it was, you know, losing a lot of clients because they've lost their jobs or, you know, they don't know how they're going to make their ends meet or having couples who are like, look, we work together. We're in this house together. My wife don't want me to go to the store. Like, I need to get out of here. I'm going crazy. Um, to one that was just, I think I'm gonna kill my wife. And I said, wait, 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 what, what do you mean? Like, literally? He was like, like no. wait, 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 like he was dead serious? Like, <laughs> like he had a straight face. Like, I'm thin like, too. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's gotten to that point. I, I have intention to kill my, I don't have a plan. Oh my God, this is our favorite And then plan. I do you, said. Do you have a plan? <laughs> I was do like, you? wait. And he was like, no, 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 she wants to kill me, too. And I'm like, okay, but that okay. doesn't answer okay. the question. And I said, okay, so you're saying, like, not literally. He said, no, 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 but, like, she's getting on my nerves. Like, we <laughs> we fighting over who gets the room, the office one day. And so it's been more of that, like, teenagers going crazy because they can't see their friends. They're tired of Zooming to couples who are like, we just have nothing to do. We have nothing to talk about because we see each other. What what do we do? Um, and then, of course, with the cultural changes in, in race and injustice, it's been more like, okay, well, I don't want my husband leaving this house. Yeah. I... I don't feel comfortable when, you know, before the mask became a trend, I don't feel comfortable putting a bandana over my face when I go into a store. I'm a black man. What do I do? That gives me anxiety. Um, To a lot of clients asking like, okay, I'm not black, but what can I do? What can I do? What do, what conversations do I need to start? Um, And so it's definitely been a huge shift in, people being really hard on themselves. Like they, people still feel like we all have to have it all together. 
And I'm like, these two things have never happened so abruptly that you, I mean, it's just like you have to stop and pause and realize like this is not normal and you're, you're, you're being normal in an abnormal situation. You know, because everybody's like, oh, I still got to work out. I still got to cook and clean. I still, you know, need to make sure I'm doing all these meetings. And I, I just feel exhausted. Like I can't move. And I'm like, you probably can't, you know. So those are just things that can come to mind from, you know, the differences before and after. Um, and even clients asking me, like, well, how do you feel as a Black clinician? Or I was about to ask you that. <laughs> Yeah, or, you know, people that shall remain nameless, you know, some oblivious people, clinicians out there, like, asking me, oh, well, what can I watch? Or I watch The Help. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) it's been... (laughs) It's been a lot. And I'm like, you're serious. But when I look, like, it... The help is really trending on Netflix, and I'm like, why? They need to take that off Netflix. Just, just, just don't take it off. My boss did try to like save, and she was kind of like, "Well, maybe you should write, watch Just Mercy or When They See Us. Like those are probably more up to date, current things that may help you, you know." So, as a black clinician, I've felt a mixture of emotion um, because. People just don't understand. Like we're we're caring what you're telling us. We have our own stuff, and some people don't agree. Um, so it's not easy. But what were you gonna ask me, Cameron? Um, basically, how you how you've been, you know, holding on through this time? Because I know we we've had to switch from office to. Well, I don't know if you have to go in office now, but we've had to switch from office to majority Zoom, and then on top of that, you know. George Floyd on top of Breonna Taylor on top of Amar Arbery and now Rashard Brooks and continuing on you know mm-hmm. dealing with that and you know maybe counseling ignorant white people I don't know if you have any ignorant clients but you know maybe that could have come up and it <laughs> sounds like it has uh, but like what this is this is a safe space this is a safe space so what 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 has your experience been you know kind of with that well, I'll say it has not been easy, but most, luckily, most of my clients have been really understanding or it's been like a, hey, like we recognize this is going on and then we kind of just move to whatever they're actually coming in for um, because I was working with a population that's very wealthy, some of them aren't woke, and you know so some of them i was surprised like i had one client i was actually in the office uh she was like hey like i went to the protest black lives matter like we got to stop all of this this is ridiculous how do you feel what can i do what can i read what can i educate my friends on um so i like i said i haven't had any clients that have been ignorant like i said it's been more so the person who shall remain nameless that mention the help or how the protest and rioting are um, causing people to be a little more bold so she doesn't feel really comfortable coming 
into the office. So I've had to deal with stuff like that. And like, how do I react? And not to be racist, like those kind of comments come up and I'm just like, that that doesn't negate it being racist when you say that. Um, so I'll say it, it hasn't been easy, but we're making it through. And it's just telling my clients, like we're human. I feel like the black clients, I feel you. Like they're like, what do we do? And I'm like, literally there there's only so much we can do right now and you have to really practice your self-care and that's kind of what I've had to up my game on personally is just self-care and teaching people about PTSD and what that looks like um, because a lot of people are saying hey you know I, I don't feel comfortable leaving or you know, when this person drives up in this particular car, it makes me nervous. Or when I see an officer, this is what I'm feeling. Like, how do I work through that? So it's really just been me educating them on, hey, this is kind of what we're going through. This is real. And and um, this is normal. I feel the same things you feel. I just have to learn how to cope with them and take it literally one day at a time. That's good. So what strategies would you say for the everyday person who's not in therapy, unfortunately, even though this is probably the best time to be in therapy? The best time. <laughs> um, but what would you say practical tips for, I mean, just, I mean, between COVID, you know, the economic stranglehold and on top of that, you know, this pandemic called racism surging our country again. So what, what, what practical tips? And I know, and I, and I say that tips lightly because I know as therapists, we don't give advice. We just make observations and, and point people in the right direction, but they come come to us for all the answers, but we don't, we don't give answers because we don't want y'all to come back on us and say, you told me to do that. Mm -mm, I didn't say that. You said that. You know, I'm just, they're the driver, right? I'm just, I'm like Siri or, you know, the Google map girl. I'm just kind of helping you. You tell me what direction you're trying to go. I'm just kind of giving you that. Um, But I guess some of the practical tips would be to just remind yourself, like, if you're tired or exhausted or you feel like you're, you're not being as productive as normal, that this is a normal reaction it's in an abnormal situation you know your body is going to need more rest you're going to probably have to do more mindfulness techniques or yoga or working out to physically kind of get out what you're feeling um and definitely not ignoring your feelings um something that i've really been trying to work on is just helping people realize we're all grieving in some sort of way um whether that's you're having me physically see this all the time, you know, slapping in your face, social media, news, you're grieving. And so um, I guess something that really sticks out to me is I actually have somebody that I'm working with who um, knew George Floyd. And that was hard for me because I'm like, wow, like the world is grieving this person, right? But you know him, you've grown up with him. You have to see this you know on social media on the news and you know so that is something that i'm like hey we gotta unplug that is something that i always suggest is we have to unplug because um a clinician that i met in the bahamas always says you have to think about your mind as an iv bag right and so if your thoughts are what you're pouring into 
your mind, you know, if it's going into your veins, are you, are you by what you're putting in or what you're feeding yourself or what you're exposing yourself to, is that going to help you live or die? Mm. And so I was just like, okay, I have to unplug. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch the news as much. I'm not going to be on social media. Uh, I'm going to put my phone in don't disturb mode for a day, a couple of hours, whatever you need. Um, but really building your support system as well. Like you have those friends that are going to be in your corner checking on you every day. Don't, don't push them to the side. Like I, I get having your own time to kind of just process what you're feeling, but you still need your support system because we know, you know, the more you start to self isolate, the more you're going to maybe notice the depression. Um, definitely getting out, getting outside, even if it's just sitting on your patio to get a little vitamin D. Like I've, I've talked to a lot of clients that have said, you know, that's, that's really helped me just to, to be out in the sun or take a walk with nobody around, um, or, you know, playing with my kids in the pool. Um, you know, so those are just some things that I can really think about. Definitely maybe even reading. Because, again, like, it's too much going on on social media and in the news. So sometimes you need, everybody saying, like, I need this escape. Well, for me, personally, reading is my escape. I'm not going to be thinking about what's going on right now. Um, and so that's a healthy way, you know. Everybody else is probably like, you know, some of my younger clients like, let's turn up. You know, hey, <laughs> that's good, too. But, you know, let's, let's do it within reason. Um, but really, I'm just telling people, take take every day, just day by day, because, you know, it's, it's crazy to me how, and no shade to any of the other clinicians out there, but it's crazy how everybody's marketing, like, how to survive with COVID, how to survive with, you know, racial injustice, these are the tips. Nobody's really, unless you was back there in the Spanish flu, and you you know, got a second chance at life. <laughs> you don't really know. How do you know? How do I know that these tips you're giving me is really going to help? So I'm just telling everybody out there, please just be, just give yourself grace. Like you're not going to be performing maybe as high as what you're used to. Some people are as far as like their health tip and working out because you don't have anything else to do. That's great as well. But really rest because your mind, your body, needs it so that that would just be my tip um any mindfulness work resting all of that you know not too much turning up because like i said a lot of people are getting out there and messing with covid so um you know yeah can i just say that i think it was crazy that as soon as you know everything started to shut down liquor stores were considered essential business of course people was getting drunk every day Yep. <laughs> they have to deal with these kids every day you know the people like a lot of these parents they really have really dealt with like their kids every day because they're normally in school all day you get the summertime so that's like extra time and people are like you know what i need some wine like mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure by week three they was like okay it's time for mommy juice yeah i go kick it terrible I mean, um it's terrible but Cameron, I have to say, it's probably it's probably helped a few of my couples not kill each other. Like, mm. you know, 
baby, here, I bought you some wine, some candles. Go, go take a bath. You know, just, I got the kids. So, again, like I said, within reason, mm-hmm. have a little glass, r- relax. Like, don't remind yourself the purpose of why you're actually having that sip, you know. Mm-hmm. I got so, you, I'll I say got it was you. essential for some. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I'm curious about, more so curious about, is like some tell me a good success story. Cause I mean, we had a eventually we get what's called compassion fatigue in our field if we like spend the whole time, you know, Ooh. talking to people about divorce and talking about, you know, trauma, 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 trauma all day. And if we don't have anything like to success stories to, to fall back on, then you know, we burn out. And uh, also on top of not taking care of yourself, but if we don't have nothing like mm-hmm. successful to look forward to, like something that keeps you going. Like I remember in one of my internships, one, I had a Vietnamese client, first generation, and um, she had like extremely high panic attacks. She had low anxiety. And by the time we had finished, she was, she was in a better place. She was barely having a panic attack. Like, only when stuff like built up, but she knew how to, she learned how to like release it and not let it build up anymore. She had built confidence and stuff like that. So that's like one client that definitely like sticks out in my mind of why I continue to counsel and why it's important for me to show up. So what's, what's one for you? Whose marriages did you save? Who's that's what I want to know. Who marriage did you save? A lot, a lot. Um, Wow. There's so many. Um, I guess the one that really sticks out, I'll do two. So the one that really sticks out first is um, a veteran that I worked with that had a lot of combat trauma um, to the point where, I mean, this person like books, movies have is out about this particular person. And, you know, he was just kind of like, hey, I can't, I don't, I don't want to keep having to relive this stuff. Like when people ask me to come visit or come to a premiere, like, so, you know, we, we did some EMDR therapy and really just dug really deep. And I mean, he came to me and was like, Hey, Alex, like, I don't even remember what we did the EMDR on. And it just slapped me in my face, like, oh, okay, this is what we worked on. And he was like, I didn't feel emotional. I didn't feel drained. Like, I just feel great. And I I got to go to this premiere, and I was okay. And I, I don't think I ever would have felt that way had it not been for you helping me, connecting those dots. Because he always says, like, the fa- his favorite part about me was when I first met him, I'm like, okay, let's let's talk about your childhood. Let's talk about your mom. And he was like, nobody's ever asked me about that. Like, no, nobody's ever made me think about my very first memory, you know, as a child or positive or negative. Like, nobody's done that. Um, so that was really good to just see him go to that premiere, be confident, not have, like, any anxiety attacks, make it through the whole movie, be able to answer questions. Um, that was great. I think the second one that comes up for me um, pertaining to race uh, was an older gentleman who was having some personal problems, relationship issues. But the thing that sticks out about him was because he made it very known, like, 
I need you to know that I'm working through some things as far as race, right? And he was basically like, my dad is a card-holding member of the KKK, or was. Um, So you have to understand my background and where I come from. And it took maybe a year. Um, We worked through some things, worked through some relationship issues that he was having with his girlfriend at the time. And, you know, he was just like, I'm a a completely different person. Not only can AI see like, hey, this black woman, she changed my life. Like, oh, my daddy was alive. You know, some of the things he used to say weren't true. And I need to, I need to be aware of that. So just helping him kind of create his own narrative and not like what his father instilled through trauma and just negative things that he would always be told it was just so great to see him like walk out of that office with a healthy relationship with knowing his worth with realizing that you know some of the negative things that his father would tell him wasn't really true it was more so you know his dad being jealous and and trying to live through him and um so that that was really those are probably my my two favorite um particular success stories and I think the best one as far as couples because you said how did I help was probably a couple where they were like Alex we're going to get married after this session like that's how serious we are like we know we know that working with you we can get through anything and um they actually went and got married and they've been doing well they send me little updates here and there so I'm like oh okay y'all y'all have the tools so continue to do that Look at you changing the world, person by person. Trying, one person at a time. (laughs) Yes, Sarah, I forgot, I completely forgot to ask about this before we hopped online, but I know you've seen what I saw on the social medias from the last couple of days. So one of our friends has gotten married and she did it if they didn't tell nobody. And now the world is going crazy because she didn't get married. I am here for a list. Let me tell you something. Go. I told her, go be fruitful and multiply. Like. <laughs> you told her to go have babies. Immediately <laughs> said, hey, you know, I need a nephew. I need a nephew. I need no, but I did. I, I like legit told her. I said, like, you know what? Hey. I get it. I'm happy for you guys. You all made this decision, you know, based off of how you all were feeling, what y'all were hearing from the Lord, and got nothing but love for them. But yes, they got married. One of our friends got married. And they ain't telling nobody. Hey, that's good. I hey, that saves a lot of people some issues. <laughs> <laughs> they said they got married like right before everything shut down. Mm-hmm. Like right before everything shut down, they went ahead and did it, and it's like they just been living these past what few months. And, uh... So my only critique of the situation is that did you get premarital counseling before you jumped the broom? That does that's... yeah. Okay. I, I think she said uh, they did. They did get some counseling before they jumped the broom. Okay, because he's the pastor of a church. And that so, means you need more counseling. <laughs> I know what what I'm saying is like, I think that they went ahead and got it. Uh, yeah. I think they were able to find somebody to like do the premarital counseling for them. Oh, so they may have gotten the counseling while they were in relationship before quote unquote engagement. Okay. 
which some people are doing that now. Like even with our class that we're taking, there are several couples who are taking the class to determine if they need to get married. So like whatever the end results is going to determine if they're going to get engaged or not. Mm-hmm. Do you do premarital, Alex? I do. So, so my my employer he he's told me there have been a couple times where people have come to him for premarital. He told them, "I don't think you should get married because you know he's he got his, he's an old white man got his PhD. He got his own practice, so he he can do that. He could just say just straight up say, no, I don't think you should get married. Don't don't get married. They go get married." They're having problems and then they're coming back for counseling. And he's like, uh, uh-uh, I told y'all not to get married. Don't be coming to me. So I'm curious, <laughs> now that you have your LMFT, you know, you not that you don't have nothing to lose, but you you get you got what you're trying to achieve now. So has that kind of happened to you before? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I had a couple that I actually worked with probably my first practicum. Um, mm-hmm. we we worked through some things. They weren't quite ready for marriage at that time. They were just, you know, trying to figure some things out before they graduated college. So um, fast forward, they find me and where I'm working while I'm, you know, my LMFTA. And they're like, hey, you know, we're kind of having the same issues that we talked to you about, but we kind of want to get married. And I was just like, you, I think you know what you should do, right? Like, all we've we've played this over and over again. Like these habits, these cycles, typically don't change. Um, and I'm just gonna say, if this person, you've already, we've already kind of talked about how you want this person to love you, and they're telling you blatantly to your face, "I can't love you in that way. I can't. I'm not gonna do it. I ain't gonna stop." Uh, doing xyz from my mama and them i'm not gonna do it and you know i'm like well hey you do you are you gonna be married to her you're gonna be married to your parents like Mm. what what do you want to do um and that just never changed um and i was just at the point where i kind of had to fire them like hey like there's not (laughs) get out my office office. (laughs) and don't come back you met we you met me now I'm fully licensed and we're still having the same issue is either we're going to actually make some real mm. changes because there are some things that I feel like could work for you guys but I don't see that really changing mm-hmm. but people can you know people want to be married so bad that they will just accept anything like anything and it I'm like, marriage is not that great, baby. Like, <laughs> it can be. You can make it your marriage awesome, but it's not what people fantasize about. Oh, yeah. The fantasy part of marriage is, like, very small part of it. Like, you're, you're thinking that everything is just lovely and par- perfect. But, I mean, yeah, it takes active work to merge two lives together. And I think a part of – I think I think a huge part of that is to become – a great individual first yes. so become, become a complete whole individual like not only like knowing what you want but knowing what you deserve and what you are not gonna tolerate and so exactly. like and, and we all and unfortunately we all have to learn that lesson in our own particular oh ways yeah but, we do we do 
but you have to, I, I agree like you really have to be whole yourself like m- one of my supervisors always said you know Alex he's he's been doing this for years um Dr. Barty he would say the healthiest marriages are the people who they don't need each other but when they're together it just enhances their life so much more you know he's like I'm always leery about the couples that are going to come in and tell you oh I just need him like I need him to survive like he's my other half like he's like all of those things just scream out codependent to me and you got some issues that you haven't worked on personally but when somebody's completely whole then they're like okay my spouse is bringing xyz to the table this is what we're doing to you know, promote each other to the next step. You know, I'm not using my childhood trauma to, you know, guilt you into anything or have all these high expectations. So I'm definitely for, I always tell them, like my clients, my friends, like, look, if your person ain't in therapy and you're thinking about getting married, you might want to, you might want to make that a requirement before you say I do. You really might want to do that because some people think, Oh, well, I'm good. Like, I, I don't have no childhood trauma. I'm good. I don't need therapy. That's not true. Especially for people of color, but it seems like things are changing. You know, when I first started out, I would be upset because that was the population that I worked with through a church. And I would always get cancellations. But, the, you know, Caucasian people would come to their appointments on time, like no cancellations. And so I would be wondering, like, what, what's going on here? But now I'm starting to see it become normalized Mm -hmm. with younger people of color. Because I know even if I I told my mom, like, oh, I'm going to therapy. Oh, Lord, what's wrong? What did I do? What you talking about? What you saying? You depressed? You know, I'm like, mama, we all need somebody to talk to, right? So she's like, okay, yeah, you're right. But I was still a little worried. I'm still praying for you. I'm like, I didn't say stop doing that. I just said mm-hmm. I'm going to therapy. <laughs> um, right. I always tell everybody is not everyone, you, not everyone, quote unquote, needs therapy, but everybody can benefit from therapy. Everybody can benefit from having an objective person to sit down, talk to, like, and dive through things that are bothering you. Everybody mm-hmm. could benefit from that. Um, and I typically gain a lot of ground when starting there. But yeah, you're right. As far as like the younger millennial, Gen Z, like people, they, they I think, I think it's just because like, you know, the history of mental health is like, it's so much bad part of it, you know, from, mm-hmm. you know, lobotomies to uh, mental health hospitals to the crazies and blah, blah, blah. Like the perspective of it has has shifted to like, look, you, you need to go talk to somebody. Like, and that person don't need to be me. And so I know, I know your friends probably asking you, Hey, what do you think about this? And you're like, with that face right there. Mm -hmm." I always ask, do you want counselor me to give like coddling kind of answer roundabout, but still, you're still going to get what you want. Or you want a real me? And nine times out of ten, I'm off the clock. You're not paying me, so I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you my true, <laughs> my true opinion. And she did. Ran with it. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not. I'm off the clock, Cameron. I don't. I, I 
want you to, I always tell my friends, I want you to be my counselor for right now because I don't want to answer any more questions. <laughs> oh, I'll, if people call me up, I always say, I'm going to send you an invoice. That's what I, say. I had a conversation last week that was, about a, that was about an hour and I dropped all types of gems and I was like, I'm going to send you an invoice. So I'm going I'm I'm to need this. I'm going to need this payback one day. But Exactly. Boy, boy, boy. Sarah, what you, what you got? Or you, you just, you just looking, you just like. Listen, I just, so it's so funny. So like I said, we've been friends for like, since we were seven, but like to hear her as like the clinician side, like I'm just loving this because I think you're amazing anyway. And so we talk like on personal levels. So like our journeys and things like that. So I did not know that story about how you decided that you went to get into this. I think that is so funny, but that is like, so you, and I, I could hear your mama like, what, what are you talking about? And like, I'm just calling you back. So, and then she was like, oh, girl, you need to be because your daddy, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're wrong. And so, but no, I'm just listening. And like, even like your mom's response to like you telling her therapy, like my mom had like the same response. Like I told my mom on like Friday that like I've been going to therapy. And so like, she like called me. She's like, I'm just calling, just checking up on you. She's like, I just, you know, are you okay? I was like, mama, like, I'm okay. Like sometimes you just need to talk to somebody she's like okay i'm just making sure i didn't do nothing and i'm just like no just you know like it's okay like sometimes you just need to go and talk to somebody because honestly i'm just gonna be honest with you it's a lot of people in my family on both sides who could benefit from some therapy like they ain't trying to hear it right and they ain't trying to hear it stigmatism around it right but i'm like it's a lot of people because like even like one of my cousins is a therapist on my mother's side. Like, she is amazing. Like, I be posting, like, her interviews and stuff that she do. Because she's, like, mm-hmm. amazing. And I'm, like, and she'll even tell people, like, y'all might need some therapy. Like, she don't give out her services for free. But she's, like, hey, y'all might need to go talk to somebody. Like, mm-hmm. just, it'll take a whole other show just to go through, like, all the things that, like, <laughs> that could be addressed. But. Hey, I'm here for it. I think everybody can benefit from it. Um, and if you're struggling with whether or not to go based off of perceptions, go. You ain't got to tell people you're there, but just go. Like, do that mm-hmm. for yourself and just go and just have that moment. Because let me tell you something. I absolutely love my therapist. Like, if I could just take her everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that all the time. And I had somebody that went to Paris and I'm like, okay, I've never been there before. So, I mean, if you need a clinician to go with you to Paris to work through some things and you're going to pay for it. Now, I'm not going to be with you. Just pay for it. You call me, I'll come. We'll talk. I'll sit back down. But no, I, it's great. It's so great to have somebody that you can trust and that, you know, is not going to judge you in any sort of way. And you can really be open with, because I have some, some friends that are like, you know, Oh, I don't know if I can really be myself with my clinician. I'm like, if you're not yourself, if you're not completely yeah. open, you're hurting you're yourself. Not. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I, my clients get thrilled me at all times. They might laugh. They may be like, Alex, you're crazy. I am because I'm telling you the truth. Like I want you to hear the truth with what you're giving me. So it's just so mm-hmm. good to have that person that you can trust. Right. I'm curious as to how do you handle that dynamic when you have a couple and one cu- one person doesn't want to be there and the other person 
has drag either dragged the other person there or they want to be there. So I'm curious, like whether that is like a girl that doesn't want to be there and the guy has dragged the girl or the opposite or how do you, how do you handle that? So I, um, some of my clients like to say, not in a negative way, but like I'm a snake, right? Because they just, they're like, Alex, you're just so slick with it. Like you could be just sitting there, nodding your head, writing some, typing your notes. And all of a sudden you just get a, you answer, you know, you ask a question that makes both of us shut up and we just open up or like one of my clients is like why you don't answer questions like this while we at home and he's like because she just has a different way of like asking me and getting it out and it just makes me talk more and you know so those are the things that I do or like I have some people who let's just say they think very highly of themselves so I kind of try to finesse that and I'm always like you know you're the expert of your own life I'm just you know trying to get into your head a little bit as far as you know xyz you know just tell me a little more or you know maybe i'm if i really need the other person to come in because that's usually what i need i'll and i know that that spouse is like "Mm -mm, ain't coming i don't need the help something wrong with you you need to go i always kind of have to finesse it and be like well do you think you could just come in to kind of tell me your perspective or what you see needs to change and then usually if i get that and i get them in the door i got them hooked (laughs) (laughs) i got them hooked because i i had somebody that was just he was not going for me. Like he was like, "No, you're a female. You gonna be on her side? Uh, I'm not trying to hear it. You gonna bash me?" Mm-hmm. And now he's like, "No, this was the best." He was like, "You check her, and you check me. So I'm, I'm good, you know." But some people don't like they want to be the expert at all times, and that's hard too because I had somebody literally call me on. And was like, you, you know, you told me what I needed to work on, but you, why you didn't tell her what she needed to work on? I, why I'm the only person that got homework today? But then maybe two sessions later, he was like, oh, I see what you did. Okay. Okay. I'm like, yeah, because if I give it all to her at once, she's going to shut down. and She's not going to come back. That's good. So you, you, you kind of have to know your people and just, it's almost like playing chess. <laughs> It's just good like that, even outside of like, you said what now? I was saying client rapport is so important, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, she's good like that, even outside of like working hours, like just her as like a friend. There have been countless times where I've like just come for like my friend's advice and like she always, I like talking to you because you're never just like, I'm on your side. Like, she's going to ask, like, all the questions, get all the perspectives, and be like, okay, hey, you did this, or maybe you did this. Like, and I love that, like, about you. Because you do have some friends who are, like, they always on your side. And you could be dead wrong. And they're like, yeah, you right, you right. But you've never done that. Like, you're like, if I'm wrong, like, she'll tell you when you're wrong. Like, even as, like, a friend or a person, she's like, you know what? That's not right. And so, and I can appreciate that from you. Thank you. You're welcome. So much. So Cameron, are you saying you don't work with couples or that's just not like your specialty? No, I just have, like, since I have, because, you know, I'm only really 
a year removed from school and okay. I haven't had I haven't had a couple's client come across my desk yet. So ah. I haven't just jumped into it as far as like the therapy realm. Now the coaching, now the coaching realm, I've I've helped a couple people out, but you know, that's kind of like a that's a different environment because you know, in the counseling world, you know, our job is not to give advice, but it's more to assess the situation, make the observation, make them see the observations, and then let's, okay, let's, let's make the adjustments from there versus the coaching perspective. It's a, it's a little more blunt and more quote unquote solution focused. And so it's like, okay, like, well, what's the problem here? Let's, let's, let's call the elephant out in the room. Um, so, but I will say that it's a delicate balance for me personally, because I have to, turn the coach mode off when I'm in a counseling session and be, and be, and be very intentional about that because it's like, okay, this client, he ain't ready. He needs to go backwards yeah. and he needs, to, yeah. he needs to assess and figure some things out before we even think about moving forward versus a coaching client will say, I'm ready to move forward. I just don't know what to do. So it's, it's a, it's a different perspectives that I have to keep adjusting. Um, but nothing like, like your world right now. I haven't, I haven't just dove into that yet, but, um, but yeah, I'm always just curious because I know like one of our therapists is, a, is an LMFT. So that's like majority of his clients are marriages and stuff like that. So I know he, his caseload is different from say like our child therapist who is doing play therapy and sand trays and all that all day long and loves it. I can't do it, but that she, she loves it. Um, but I know like everybody has that different yeah. experience. So I was just curious of what, what it was like over there. Oh my goodness. I love it. Like all of my friends and colleagues and like Alex, like I heard them yelling like, why are you okay? Like I literally had somebody write me a message while I'm typing my notes, like, are you okay? I hear them yelling. Are you safe? Like, do we need to call somebody? I'm like, no, because I'm about to check them and say, this is disrespectful, not only to your spouse, but to me. And usually mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I'm sorry. You know? But those are always fun. Like, it's fun to get to see them, you know, maybe go to their boiling point a little bit and then help them de-escalate because that shows me what it really looks like at home. So it's fun. I, I love mm -hmm. it. I would not trade this for the world like i oh, love it great stories yeah it, it, does. Stories. it does it's only when you know the new spouse comes in and drops a bomb that your client didn't tell you for like a year then that's kind of hard to deal with but you know that's like sarah said that's probably for another time um <laughs> <laughs> Mm -mm -mm. But what, matter of fact, you got any questions for us? Like, I know you, you're a long time listener. Anything you want to add to the conversation? Um, just from your perspective as an LMFT, as a black woman, uh, a yeah. strong black woman in these streets? Um, I guess I just want to know, like, what made you guys decide to do the podcast? Because I remember Sarah telling me like hey this is kind of what we're starting and I know you guys have kind of ventured and done some other things previous to this together so I guess like I'm wondering what made you guys do it and because I mean like I said I'm listening all the time at this point mm -hmm. but I just wanted to know what the aha moment was for you guys to actually do it so for me it was 
so I consume a lot of I'm a pod, I'm not a podcast junkie, but I listen to a lot of podcasts and I and I'm just of the I love to listen. Like I love to listen to people too. I mean, that's part of the reason why I'm a therapist, but I love to just listen to people's perspectives and gain wisdom and gain knowledge. And I knew that I always wanted to do a podcast one day, but it was like, okay, what what do what do I realistically need? Like enough is enough. What do I realistically need? to do it. And if I had a podcast, what would it look like? And so I, I, I just thought about, you know, what kind of values that I would want to bring to to people and what I needed to to pull it off. And that's where I was like, okay, I don't want just a guy, just just guys, you know, we're having guy talk and, you know, all this good stuff. So I was like, let me bring in a woman. And I was like, okay, so I need, so it was now, this was like a three to six month, like me thinking about, okay, who in the world could I have um bring on because you know i don't want to say my wife is territorial but if she don't know you i love how you you've got to be sparkle she's everything like she she gonna she gonna be on a podcast episode one day um probably when this this summer is over but she she can be very if she don't know you mm -mm. like (laughs) this this ain't gonna go so this wasn't like good for me so i had to think about people that i knew women that i knew and that knew had a clear head and I was like, oh, Sarah, duh. It, like one day it just hit me like a ton. Of, it just hit me as like Sarah. So I was like, okay, great. Let's, let's get Sarah. She's level-headed enough <laughs> to have the conversation. <laughs> and she's intelligent, got a whole PhD and uh, can add a lot of value. So, and I was just like, okay, so what do I need to set it up? And I just looked into the equipment and we set the time up and we roll with it each week and make it happen. We've been doing this since January. And so when Cam asked me, it was interesting because I had been thinking about, uh, so I was in transition anyway, so transitioning out of school, out of everything, and really just kind of think about like, okay, what are some of the things I want to do? Um, like you said, we did kind of work on like a few projects before, working on the curriculum. And so mm-hmm. we kind of had like a chance to really see each other's like styles. And so when he asked, me, I was like, you know, yeah, I, I want to do that. Like, that'd be fun. I've been thinking about a podcast. So it was, it was an easy decision to make because I think that we have a lot of like great information we want to get out there. You know, and one of the things I always tell people is like, it would be a shame for God to like bless me with all this knowledge and I just keep it to myself, right? So like knowing the things that we do with college students, with high school students, which is people like, I feel like we just been given just this great opportunity to really be a change and help people gain, you know, knowledge. Like there are people who I didn't even know who listen to this, by the way. Aunt Cynthia listens to the podcast. She absolutely loves it. My aunt has become a new listener. And so like, she'll text me and be like, oh, I like this subject and y'all are so funny. And I'm like, girl, you listen? Okay, cool. Like, I'm glad you like this. So I already know she's going to love this episode because Alex is one of her favorite people in the world. Mm-hmm. But it's just been, it's been cool being able to just kind of share our knowledge with the people. Mm-hmm. So my, my, I got two more. Um, I guess what advice would you give to somebody who wants to start a podcast because I would like to and I you know I'm also a Gemini right so I want to kind of give people like counselor me versus the real me like in a podcast so what advice would you give to maybe somebody who's wanting to start that up to be persistent with that so first thing I would say is 
don't look at it as this astronomical, like large mountain that you have to accomplish. Cause we, 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 we pivot, we make the adjustment from like when COVID hit, it's like, okay, what do we need to do to, to keep it going? Um, personally for us, we just, we just have to make sure that we're consistent and that we set the time out. Cause like before COVID we were like, we were like running like ahead of time. Cause we know yeah. that she's busy, I'm busy. So we actually were like a week ahead for like yeah. the first like 15 episodes. Yeah. And then when COVID slowed us down, I mean, we just like, okay, well we'll just, cause it doesn't take, and me personally, it doesn't take me as long to edit and chop episodes now because it's all in zoom. So I ain't got to merge nothing. I just got to do that. So don't look at it as this astronomically large mountain to climb. Um, just look into what it would look like for you, whether that's using anchor, whether that's, um, you know, buying an audio interface, like I got buying a, buying a microphone, just look into like what it would look like for it to be for you. Now, the other piece I have to say, be 100% yourself. Don't, Mm -hmm. don't, don't try to be the person who doesn't give advice because that's, you're opening up a whole new lane for, for your podcast as far as um like counselor you and podcast you podcast you is the real you so that's yeah. the that's that <laughs> needs to be always unfiltered doing this doing that so like for example let's say you have some type of situation where you have you know listener letters or you have somebody call in um that needs to be like you don't 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 come back over here to counselor alex don't, right. don't come back don't come back over here to um so alexandra i'm sorry i did it again um but don't come back over here to well i don't know because this is like a one-off this person is needing something like in that moment right there so don't hold back and say you know as therapists we got to say okay so if i because i know it's a balance neck as a therapist we got to say okay this is the problem but they're not ready to face the problem yet so i gotta warm them up make them trust me let them know we and then three sessions later, then we're going to address the problem. Mm-mm. They need problems right there. So I would say take your filter off and just let it go um, and see what, what you're looking for. Because if it's like, if it's just you, I would say like do shorter episodes, maybe like 10 minute, five minute, okay. whatever minute. If you got it, if you got a partner, then you can do a little bit longer. And just uh, just see what works for you. I mean, we kind of just have been figuring it out as we go. Perfect. I guess so. the last, the, my last question for you, Cameron, is what is your therapeutic modality? Humanistic. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm very person-centered, humanistic. I I believe in just being the real, authentic you. Um, just because I have the world's worst facial expressions. <laughs> I don't know, if you know on podcasts or I know Sarah could probably tell you a thousand faces that I've made when she's just telling me stories. But I have the world's worst facial expressions. And I learned through um, meeting with clients and the internships I did that that actually helped build like the relationship. So I stopped mm-hmm. holding my faces back and just started like being like authentically like myself in therapy. So I'm all about like that person-centered humanistic touch really just, um, let's just, let's just figure this out. Um, I, I'm not a, a linear in my, in my methods. So like mm-hmm. DBT is, words, is the world's nightmare for me. 
I just, I can't do it. It's like step this, then do this, then do that, then do that, flip it, reverse it, and then press go. Mm -mm, that ain't me. Um, so I, I, I'm person centered slash humanistic until we reach the problem. It's like, okay, got it. Let's go. You need to do this, make this adjustment. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go. Like, for example, one client I had, um, and y'all gonna laugh when I say this. So he wasn't, he liked to masturbate a lot. Okay. He, 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 liked, he liked to masturbate a lot. So it was like, okay, so let's, 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 re, let's recap. Let's see like how we got here. Like, cause you're telling me like, this is an everyday thing and you're having struggles and stuff like this and you don't know. And I said, okay, so now let's, now that we've, 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 I, you can see that I don't judge you. You see that I see you as a person, like this is okay. This doesn't make you weird or anything. We're two guys talking about, you know, you, you, I'm trying to be PG here. You, you're masturbating <laughs> a lot. Now that we've come over that, now let's shift to, okay, let's try some solutions. You have a girlfriend. Can you supplement some of that with having sex with your girlfriend? Can mm -hmm. you limit it to instead of every day? Can you limit it to maybe five days? Okay, how does that feel? All right, now let's switch it up to three days a week and have sex twice a week. Maybe you could talk to your partner if you're comfortable talking to it about what does this conversation look like? So it's a, it, for me, in my modality, it's a balancing act between normalizing therapy and also like solution, like finding the solution. But when, when we need to address trauma, we'll go there. So you know, if something needs to be addressed and we need to dive through how that makes you feel, um, how did this affect you and all that good stuff, we'll do it. So. My question for Sarah is what is it like having friends as therapists? <laughs> oh, you're in the oh it's amazing what do you mean it's amazing uh, i kind of wonder how because we won't even we don't even have enough time to like go through like dating but sure we as, do sure we do <laughs> as a friend you know what it what's it like for you um it's great honestly truthfully i think people need therapist friends or therapists uh, family members not to like get free advice but it's just like the way that you guys view the world like outside of like being a therapist is like it's really different from how most people view the world so like taking it back to my earlier comment I like when I talk to you like as a friend or need advice like you listen to the whole thing and like the questions that you ask you ask questions that kind of make me think about it as well. So it's not a like a we gonna bash this dude. I mean, unless he really like just 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 that's trauma. Just just <laughs> I'll tell you that, and, and I'll tell you. And you'll say that. No, that's just trash. Like, okay, funny story. So, Cam, uh, so you know how y'all all felt about Jonathan, my ex, and how y'all was just like, uh, uh. When Bree met him. <laughs> she was like no like it's so funny so like oh lord i all called you Bree. so alex has she just kind of has she's she's a good reader of people 
And so well, she'll let are. you, she'll let you like figure it out and like learn for yourself, unless it's just downright like no. And so when she met him, she was just like, mm, I don't think that's it. Like that was just, <laughs> and it's funny now. Cause I'm like, well, are you sure? She's like, mm. And so she met him before y'all met him. And so, mm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you guys are great friends. Like you all give like really great advice and you all listen. And so that's something that I can say that's like appreciated um, is that you all do know how to listen, do know how to give like just a, a different perspective. So, and it's cool. Cause I, I like to listen too. So I hope that I've been like a good listening ear um, as oh, well. Of course. Um, but yeah, I was thinking because I'm like, you got Cameron, you got me, you got Jen. I feel like there's more that I can't even think of right now. Yeah, so I just listen. Ashley is working yeah. her PhD, like, she has her own practice. Like, I'm literally surrounded by a wealth of like mental health people, which I'm grateful for. I think everybody needs at least one because you guys do like give like just a, a holistic view on just life and just those things like you guys are very motivating <laughs> so like Kim and Sparkle were texting me when I was getting my dissertation done like did you write today did you do this okay. like checking in making sure that like you know we're practicing self-care and stuff so like I appreciate you guys but yeah you guys are great readers of people that's one thing I can I think that is like a skill that you all have just perfected because you have to use it so much that you all can read people without actually like saying anything but just like you all's like assessment of people is really really great it's really spot on like honestly and i think it just comes from having good discernment with the lord um yes. as yes. one piece <laughs> and uh the other thing is just like we we don't be one drama so it's like if we sense like that see most counselors in my experience most counselors are more like peaceful reserved individuals who just want to be chill like and when we have a good time we want to have a good time so if we feel a threat to that mm -mm, we're just like <laughs> i don't want to be i don't i don't want to be around you I, yes, you, can, so you can go somewhere else or i meet matter of fact i'll go peace out I'll see you guys later. <laughs> she will let me something. This girl will leave. And you'll be like, where did she go? She'll be like, no, I'm good. I, I, she'll check the room. Like, mm -mm. So I'm, hold on. I'm curious as to how she got along with one of your old, your, uh-uh, uh-uh. Y'all didn't get along. See, uh -uh. there it is. See. Uh -uh. <laughs> Are we talking relationship or friendship? A friendship. friendship. A yeah. very specific uh -uh. friendship. Yeah, the one that, that, that uh, I texted you about this week uh -huh. with my pineapple. Oh yeah, no sir. Mm -mm. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nah. Besides, let me tell y'all, and I, and my clients laugh because most of them, I have a good mixture of you know black clients, but I'm just like y'all have to understand like there's a little bit of of hood in me that sometimes comes out, and I'll and I'll and I'll say that like. Okay, do I want to give you a hood response? Because I feel like you're going to understand that more than a professional one. Oh, and they're yeah. like, give us the hood, Alice. Give us the hood. We need a little ratch. You know, we need a little ratch in our life. And I'm like, okay. But yeah, no, Cameron. Mm -mm. 
no, that friendship. I'm gonna let Sarah do whatever she wants to do with it, but I've spoken. Um, I will be ready at any time for whatever she needs. Um, and I'm just working on forgiveness myself with people, a lot of people in Sarah's life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not even in your life, in Sarah's life. Sarah's life. This is we've been around each other for a long time. A long okay. time. So we've literally seen it all, every which way. So yeah, but no, yeah, that actually did not, uh, you know what? I can say this though, like, talking to Bree about like that situation and it really helped me realize a lot of things that I like I had missed myself and so just like listening to her like her observations and just mm. just like her holistic view of everything it was just kind of like well I had a lot of moments where I was just like dang well I can't well that's not the word that I use but I was just like wow like I didn't catch that or I didn't see that and yeah so I can't say that so like she definitely kind of gave me like a different I'm looking at body language I'm looking at history I'm looking at past conversations yeah you're looking at just the internet the the whole the whole the whole whole thing because I yeah I definitely can speak to that for (laughs) his his own experience experience, his own encounter with that person See, and, I wouldn't even talk about her. I was talking oh, about. Oh, oh, I, I was okay. going. I was talking about Spark. I was like, like, cause so with Sparkle's friends. Matter of fact, you know. So let me just say this. My wife had breaking up on the scam. Okay, my. Let me know when my internet comes back. Um, hey Cam, are you with me? Hold on. Usually he catches up a little quicker. Right. Hold on. Am I still here? Am I with you? We kind of almost. Come in, Obi Wan. Hear you. Okay, so okay, okay I think I'm back now. Okay, so my wife had close to like twelve different bridesmaids. I guarantee you, half of them should not have been bridesmaids, but I had to let her be great <laughs> and figure and figure that out on her own. And so when this situation with Sarah come up with this friend, I was like, how long you been friends with this girl? Was this before college or was this during college? I'm like, I'm trying to figure this out because her, Sarah, or the Sarah, I'll say this, the Sarah, and I had to step back and recognize this, the Sarah that me, me Sparkle know for the last five years might be different than the person, than the Sarah that this person knows. So I was like, okay, let me not. Let me not judge. Let me just fall back. But you, on the other hand, who's known her for 20 plus years, has full <laughs> perspective on perspective. What's, what's going on here. So I was like, I didn't feel like it was my place to just say something until Sarah told me, it was like, well, Sarah, you know, I kind of peeped some, something, but I just didn't want to say nothing because, you know, I ain't got 20 years like, 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 like Alex. <laughs> I'm just... I'm gonna just, you know, I'm gonna just be my supportive friend. If you love, if you like her, okay, then we're just gonna, that's what we're gonna go with. I'm always, I'm always gonna give you a little leeway to show me something different, but for the most part, I usually have my mind made up and 
I had my money made up a long, long time ago. But I will say, it's been great, Sarah, too. I, like I told you, um, to just see you grow. I mean, I was six, you were seven. And just seeing you be little Sarah that we're doing, you know, our little TLC routines together to <laughs> now being Dr. Benson. It's just been amazing. So I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that I, um, you know, get to see all of that. And say, give you the nose. Like, Sarah, we're not, we're not, we're not rocking with this. This is not your guy. This is not your friend. Cameron, I, did she at least tell you? And I promise I'll let y'all go. Did she not, at least tell you kind of why I was not for it or just the things that I saw with him that I was just like, Sarah, why why are we doing this again? You talking about with Jonathan? Yes. Um, no, we didn't talk about other we didn't talk about other people's perspective. I just talked about, you know, mine, <laughs> talking about sparkles, and we just was like uh, I don't know about this one, but I'm gonna just keep it to myself. See, that's the thing is that now that in the early parts, like I had to, I could, I didn't want to hurt Sarah's feelings, or I didn't want to come across <laughs> as the person who was hating or anything like that. So it's like, you know what, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just stay over right. here. And when you need me, I got you. Mm-hmm. Or if, I'm always of the mindset if you don't ask for my advice, I don't give it unless we are like friends, like you two. Yeah. But, she always asks, so I'm lucky. I'm always, lucky. I always ask. Like, oh, yeah. She asked me. She asked my mother. My mother can look at a person on a picture and be like, no. And she's, yeah. she's always dead on. Always. When I say her my mom, mom has... This guy that I was trying to date at the time, she's like, he looks mean. He looks mean. He looks like he has a very mean spirit. I don't think you should do it. And I'm like, no, no, mom. She was dead on. Very mentally oh, abusive. So yeah, um, Sarah does ask, and I and I'm not I'm never, and I will tell anybody if I'm your friend, I'm never gonna lie to you. I'm gonna tell you the truth, whether no matter how bad it hurts. Me and Sarah to have weight loss conversations, like girl, okay, I'm huffing and puffing, and we just walk to the car. We need to talk, you know. We you, I'm gonna always keep it real. <laughs> yeah. So what were you gonna tell him about Jonathan? So the. When you became a master, um, I guess somebody was having some, you know, financial issues. And you know, Sarah, she always likes a nice little snack. Anytime we go somewhere, she wants a snack. She wanna let's get a small fry here. Let's, you know, get a drink here. And so we just stopped right after graduation. I think we stopped at Wendy's, and everybody's ordering. And I looked towards him. Like, okay, you you gonna pay for this or you Sarah pulls out her wallet on her graduation day and pays for everybody in the car. And I was like, Sarah, somebody right, boo. We at Wendy's. We're not at Papados, we not, you know, we're not any at anything expensive that, you know, twenty dollars maybe. She said we not at Papados. <laughs> not at Papados, like I'll give you one better. We're not at Cheddar's. Cheddar's for maybe the four people that was in the car. Okay, maybe you can't rock with that. I got it. But Wendy's and your girl just graduated with her master's and you can't pay. I said, nope. Nope. Gotta go. Got to go. 
Well, <laughs> well, Sarah, I think you just need to you just need to listen more. I don't know. Is there anything recently you've told her? <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing I have learned is not only do I need to listen more, I need to ask questions early on. Like mm-hmm. that's something that I learned, and that's something that I did with with Ken was I, I really asked questions early on. Like I really like, you know, um, wanted to get other perspectives of things just because I know in my past I missed things. I I missed certain things. Um, and I even, I look back at some like the missed conversations that I should have had with people that I didn't have. Even before Jonathan, like even with my uh, other relationship with that guy, like, her mom could not stand him, like could not stand him, and this I should know that. Doctor school, huh? This yeah, med school. Yeah, med school. And so like her mom could stand him. Found that my mom could stand him. She she really could stand him, and it was like, why didn't y'all say nothing? <laughs> because head young twenty year old Sarah could not be told nothing. Oh. 20, 21-year-old cannot be told nothing. Like, and if they would have told me, that would have made me, like, cling Double to him down. before. Because mm-hmm. I, ha- I had to show y'all that I'm not crazy. But as I've gotten older, I have learned that sometimes you can miss that. Like, it's good to have people in your life who knows you and knows your situation. Because those are the people who can like look at you, they can look at the situation and they can assess things that you might not be able to see because you're you're like literally up on it. And so now like I am open and I do take advice and I do and I do, you know, listen. But when I was 20, 21, 22, you couldn't tell me nothing. No, you're not gonna tell me nothing. And I paid for that. You know, I ended up in situations that I didn't have to be in, you know, ended up in spaces that I didn't have to be in. Um, and, and I see that I learned those lessons. And so, and so that's why they didn't say nothing. Cause I wouldn't hurt them at all. Yeah. Like, no, what are you talking about? This my is mom just happened. didn't want to hurt her feelings. Cause my mom yeah. is a She's very blunt. She's never sugarcoated anything. Um, so she's just like, I, I, if I tell Sarah what I really think, I'm, it's going to hurt. And I don't think she's yeah. ready for it. Her mom would just be like, nope, he ain't it. No. Let me tell you why. She would have the list why. for her everything. Like, that's no, just what it is. We just let Sarah figure it out. Yeah. I kind of told her no, but I, I wasn't very direct because, again, you have to know when Sarah's ready to receive that kind of information. Now yeah. she's gotten a lot better with it, for sure. Yeah. When I was 20, mm-mm. I'd be like, what you mean? <laughs> Talking about my man. This is my man. <laughs> Like that's 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 how that conversation would have went. Like, what do you what do you mean? Like, good life. Like, Sarah has since we were young. Like, this is how many kids I want. I want to be married, and and my mom would be like, like Sarah just want to be married so bad. Like, she's just gonna say yes to the wrong guy or Mm. keep prolonging the relationship just to Mm. be married. And that's what I did. That reminds me of like our first couple episodes when we kind of talked about that. I know you was probably uh-huh. eating that up. Oh yeah, y'all know I was. <laughs> y'all couldn't hear me, but I was like, "Yeah, Cameron, <laughs> yeah, Sarah, you shouldn't have done." Mm-hmm. I remember that. <laughs> that's that 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 was a lesson I had to learn. Like, 
Because I was. I was dead set on being married. I was, in my mind, I was married by 22. Mm -hmm. Had my first kid by 24. Mm -hmm. Like, and I thank God that that's not what happened. (laughs) She had to take a sip. (laughs) I think it's water water right now. (laughs) But that did not happen because if I would have been married by 22, I would have been divorced by 23. Like, Mm. that's very real. Like, we would have been divorced. I thank God we didn't have any children because that would have been hell. Like, my life, my life. If, I don't know if you've ever met somebody who was just so dark and just mm-hmm. so, like, like their inside was dark. Like, that mm-hmm. was, he, like, his, his spirit, who he was on the inside was just dark. Like, on the outside, he was a perfect picture. Like, oh, I'm in med school. I come from a great family. I'm doing this. I'm doing, like, he, he played that role but Mm -hmm. behind closed doors and who he was it was like my life would have been hell literally so i'm thank god for growth thank the lord for growth and thank the lord for great friends who can give you holistic advice and you're in a position to receive that and it's not that somebody's hating on you it's not that somebody don't want you to live your best life it's just that sometimes you can't see what other people see Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> well, Alex Bree, uh, whatever you want to be called. <laughs> uh, There's two Alexes in the family, so she has to yeah. say Bree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so how that, they come. I have a cousin named Alexandria as well. And so when Alex would come to Mississippi in the summertime, it's like we have mm-hmm. two people. So that's where her middle name is Brianna. And so I just it just kind of stuck. I got you. Yeah. So, so what? Give the people um, a nugget of the day, or something that you would want people to take away from this conversation, or just this time, and where people can find you, follow you, if they are in the state of Texas, and they are in need of a of a therapist. So, um, something that I've started doing is kind of writing down when I do have those nuggets in session. And so basically one of my favorite nuggets is depending on, you know, your belief system and if you believe in a higher power, God, whatever is right now, you just have to realize that God is the director. He's already written the script. You are the actor. Just act out your part. You can throw in a little ad libs here and there, but don't try to, Think about the script too far ahead that you're not playing your part. You're not being the actor or actress that you're supposed to be. Because, you know, so many times we're trying to change the narrative or change our our story. And we don't have to do that. Like, we just need to take it a day at a time. Get your script. Learn it. Continue to do what you do or what you've already gotten again the script to know what you need to do and just go day to day with living in the script doing a little ad lib here and there but trusting that the director is going to do what they say they're going to do um so that's definitely my nugget um i currently have am i gone now you cut out cameron what did you say oh lord am i back you're, you're back Okay, You're I was back. saying, fo- yeah. I was saying, fo- I was saying, follow the script and follow the and listen to the director. Gotcha. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, so 
when we talked about it earlier, I'm actually pausing from social media right now just to do a little self-care. So y'all probably cannot find me on social media right now. Um, but I do work for um, the Anxiety Center of Houston. So you can contact them. I'm only doing telehealth right now uh, for them. And then I also work for an organization called 22 Kill. Um, so I'm on the website. If you need a clinician, that's, you know, or you know somebody who does, um, definitely get with me. And if I cannot help them, I definitely can, you know, give them somebody who can. Fantastic. Uh, Sarah, you got anything, announcements, anything like that? No, no announcements. Oh, I do have something. So, it, uh, so my job, the Peer Power Foundation is currently in the process of hiring. If you are a college age or young adult and you're interested in making an impact in the city of Memphis, um, please feel free to apply online at www.memphis.edu slash peerpower. We are a nonprofit organization. We pay really well. Our pay starts at $12 an hour. And so, um, yeah, if you would like more information, please apply. Yeah. Breaking up, Cam. Oh, there you go. I, I think I was. Um, but let me say, that, let me make another announcement about Saturday brunch. We've done had great sessions on our Saturday sessions. Um, if you want to have one-on-one -on -one not one-on-one, one-on-many conversations, but get your questions asked about how to make the adjustment to pursue your good life. Join us for Saturday Brunch. Just follow, I'll put it on the screen, CameronLovelace.com slash Saturday Brunch to register. Get your problems solved. Um, Marie, anything exciting that you have going on or want to make an announcement about? Do you have a book? Are you writing a book? Are you thinking? <laughs> I know you said you're thinking about writing a podcast. Did you have a publication? Like what, what you got going on in the world? Really? I, um, so the, the organization 22 kill that I work with, um, they've actually promoted me. So, um, now I'm going to be the clinical overhead for a program that we have called Watch, um, which is specifically for children of the fallen, whether that's um, by suicide, um, in killed in action, um, anything in the lines of that. So if there are any children of the fallen or family members, um, I definitely can assist you. We have a great support system, um, whether that's just you need somebody to talk to, um, maybe you want to get involved with certain activities, obviously with COVID, it's very limited, but we'll, we'll have some. So if, if you guys know anybody, um, that may be a child of the fallen or a spouse of that, then you guys definitely can get with me. Um, my email address is alex at 22kill.com. And yeah, that's kind of what I have going on. Fantastic. Uh, give us that five-star review on iTunes and keep pursuing your version of the good life. Coming to you every single Thursday. And until then, we will see you next week.